Welcome to Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number four, which was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled and inked by Brian Ching. The description for this issue reads, quote, Reign of the Cyborg Superman Part 4. Supergirl struggles to escape the perverse reincarnation of Argo City as her father, the Cyborg Superman, attacks National City and her new home with the DEO. To face her ultimate test as a hero, Kara must let go of her past and embrace the future. Uh, so, uh, Carly, I was actually really glad to see some of this in here in the uh, description because what Cyborg Superman has done with the people of Argo City is a perverse reincarnation. So uh, I, I was like, that is very accurate. Um, so since I haven't spoken with you a little bit about uh, Rebirth in a, in, in a while, I was curious, what do you think about cyborg superman's plan to invade earth and how in this issue they actually get to earth and they're causing some trouble what do you what do you think about that yeah it's been a while uh since i read the comic um and i'm actually kind of surprised it took him so long to get to earth to begin <laughs> with it's like wow it's been like three issues um but it's definitely very twisted i think one of the things that struck me was when Cyborg, Cyborg Superman shows up, he's basically saying, uh, saying to everybody on Earth, like you're, you're a false, you know, you're a shell of a home for Kara. You're, an, I think he calls it an imposter home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's basically using his tech, like these robots, to siphon away like their life energy, I guess, to make his creation stronger, which I think is super messed up uh-huh. i mean honestly i wasn't super invested huh super no pun intended <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't entirely invested in the whole cyborg superman storyline i was way more into the Kara and alora storyline which i mean it made up the bulk of the issue honestly but i really liked the dynamic between Kara and the cyborg alora and um eliza and the fact that the whole relation—it was basically this this um, back and forth between Kara's, like the, whoever the shell of her real mother was, and the person that was, you know, helping to raise her now. Um, and I think, if anything, she kind of took a, a, a bigger step towards acknowledging Eliza as more of a like a maternal figure. Which oh, yeah. I liked. Oh yeah, for sure. They had a lot of emotional things going on in this issue where Eliza is and I, I'm I'm having trouble with some of the art in this series because some of the things I I can't I kind of don't understand what's happening some of the time. Um but from what I could kind of gather was that Allura says that Eliza gave up her life energy to uh the cyborg Allura. And mm-hmm. so it, it, I think that's why Eliza's having so much trouble and she's writhing in pain yeah, and yeah. all of that kind of thing. And so I, that, that I'm, I'm kind of having a little trouble with because I think that's what's going on. But, yeah, I, I do like that in this issue, 
Kara as Supergirl is really fighting on behalf of Eliza and the people of Earth, really, mm-hmm. all together. And she's trying to really plead with this cyborg version of her mother, which I think her mother is in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really has to try to convince her to stop. And so I really I liked that part of the issue where she does everything that she can and I you know I think eventually she gets through to her and so th- that stuff was really emotional and I thought the way Eliza and Kara connected out of that I think you're right I think they did kind of take another step in their relationship I mean I get what you're saying about the panel where Alora's kind of siphoning off the life energy from Eliza because it is kind of confusing to figure out but it's interesting because I think we don't really see what's going on in terms of the attack on Earth. And I think we can kind of deduce that that's what's happening. Like these robots, they're basically doing to the humans what Alora is doing to Eliza. So they're sucking some kind of like life force out of them. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of that, that we actually get to see an example of what's happening mm-hmm. while all of the chaos is happening on Earth. We kind of can know that that's, that's what they're doing. And so I'm a little also confused about there's there's a couple of panels where Cyborg Allura has all this, like, lightning kind of crackling around her. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am, because <laughs> Morgan had to correct me on something. In uh, a previous issue, because I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Um, but it's sort of, I took away that Cyborg Allura kind of gave back the life energy back to Eliza, mm. and that drained her. I and think that's so. why she collapses. Yeah, I think, or that, or she is like short circuited somehow. Yeah, that could be it too. I was, I was kind of confused yeah. on that. Because it happens, it, you're talking about after. Kara kind of gets through to her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she, I think she kind of gives, she kind of gives up what she took, and then it looks like it seems like she, she's kind of short circuiting because there's parts where she's talking and it's like you see the, the onomatopoeia where she's like, like it's you yeah, know, yeah, 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 the electrocuted, you know, like something, something conflicts with her programming or whatever. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's interesting. And I also think it's what what I thought was kind of funny is there's, you know, an interesting parallel in the Supergirl of the comic and the Supergirl of the TV show, because we're seeing Zor-El who, you know, Kara in the comic basically says like it was it was he was so desperate to save everyone. And now that's why, you know, that's that's part of why Krypton was destroyed. And it's interesting that we're seeing like in the TV show with the whole, you know, I'm like blanking on the name of the little virus that was tailored to kill anybody that wasn't Kryptonian. But I was like, it's interesting that they're kind of the the common thread. The common thread with Zorel seems to be that he's so concerned with the safety of Krypton that it ultimately leads to Krypton's destruction. Yeah, I, and you know what? I'm blanking on that too. And I, <laughs> isn't that I, terrible? It's because we haven't talked about Supergirl in like uh, three months. It, and and it's not like it happened last season. Like it happened 
<laughs> like a month ago. People are going to be writing in like, how could you? I'm going to look at Medusa. Isn't it the Medusa? Uh, Medusa. That's what it was. It was Medusa. I had to, I, I had to look. Mm-hmm. I didn't just remember that at the top of my head. Just spoiler alert for people that are. <laughs> I looked. I we got to get back in the in the practice of Supergirl I talk. Cheated. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there's an it's it, it's it's interesting, and I'd be curious. I mean, admittedly, have not read every single like run of Supergirl in existence. And and I would also be curious to hear readers' thoughts or listeners' thoughts. <laughs> readers. Well, they we are read, readers. We read they comics. Readers, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I would be curious to hear listeners' thoughts on if this is kind of a common thing with Dorel, where he, you know, as a scientist or innovator or whatever, is so concerned with the safety of Krypton that he inadvertently creates something or a byproduct of something that he is a part of, uh, it leads to Krypton's, you know, destruction. Well, and it also sounds a little, a little uh, bit like Astra in some ways, where yeah. like they think they're doing the right thing by the, right. the Kryptonian people. So, uh, yeah, I, that seems to be kind of a, a story element that a lot of writers play with in these stories. I like that that's how she gets through to her mother, is basically saying, like, I've, I've, you know... I've seen other planets and like there's more in the universe. And I think, I think one of the lines that I like the most is when she says there is more than the universe than the needs of one people, even our own, which I think is such a, like that alone is a powerful statement because it just says so much. It's like, of course there, there are so many more planets in the galaxy and the universe and in other universes. And like, you know, she's been to earth. She sees the struggles that people have on earth. And so now she kind of knows, you know, it's, it's definitely about more than just what, about what Kryptonians face. So I liked that part. Yeah, it's definitely big picture. And I think that's very wise of, of Supergirl to make mention of because, you know, she is in this comic, we'd see her as a teenager. So, uh, she's a little wise beyond her years. And I was uh, actually with Cyborg Allura, I was very affected by the fact that, like, before she sort of collapses, she um, refers to Kara as Kara Nizu, Kara Nizu, whatever you want to pronounce it as, um, because we learned previously that that is like a childhood nickname that her mother used to call her. And um, so I really I thought that was a nice touch for Cyborg Allura in this issue because she was really cold and hard for you know a good chunk of this story and then all of a sudden when Kara is trying to plead with her and and reason with her she softens up and um does the right thing which I thought was really interesting and I don't know if you felt this way but it sort of seemed like you meant you made mention of how like her her programming sort of gets junked up when she collapses and it it sort of makes it look like she's trying to say if Zorel's programming hadn't gotten into me and like affected me, I I would be able to see the right thing to do here. Like yeah. like Zorel has tarnished my thinking and so that's why I've kind of gone along with it. And I thought that was really um interesting for Alora's character that she probably wouldn't have gone like I, w- I was trying to think 
would would that have been the case? Do I think that she would still have gone along with him, or sh- would she have fought him on this if she could have had that ability to think for herself? I don't know. Yeah, and it, I think, honestly, it says a lot about Kara's relationship with her mother versus her relationship with her father, because she, you know, her whole, part of her whole long monologue before that happens is she basically says, you know, um, uh, you've always listened to me, even knowing father's plan might be madness. I came here. I didn't believe in him, but I believed in you. So it's interesting because it kind of, it kind of, I don't know. It kind of seems like my belief is that she was closer to her mother than her father. And there might be, you know, part of the, part of the cyborg Superman issue was that maybe she and her father weren't that close. Yeah. And she realized like she realized even when things, you know, even in the whole knowing that her that cyborg Superman had this like ultimate plan that she, you know, she realized that maybe she could still get through to her mom. So I thought that was an interesting reveal. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think the the telling thing is that Alora did listen to her because Supergirl even says Zorel's not listening to me anymore. He's mm-hmm. telling me what I want. He's not mm-hmm. listening to what I want. He's telling me what I want. So I think Cyborg Superman has gone off the rails. He's gone rogue. He's doing whatever he wants to do. Um, so I, I think that was very fitting that Kara did have this really great relationship with her mother. And it is uh, sort of not fixed by the end, I guess. I don't know what happens to Cyborg Allura. I don't know if she lives or dies. I don't know what happens. Um but at least it's kind of repaired a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that part of it. It seems like she kind of has a moment when she like busts out of her cage where she goes to her mother's body and, and says, you know, she basically says like, this might've been her body, but what she was doing, like her behavior, that wasn't my mom. And she's, you know, but she kind of has a moment where she like cradles her. Yeah. Before she um, decides to go back. And we don't actually see her going back because it ends on a, like a kind of a cliffhanger with Cyborg Superman confronting Jeremiah, um, which I, I imagine is going to be another like interesting, you know, dad versus dad. Like, <laughs> we had our we had our mom versus mom and now we're going to have our dad versus dad. Right. Um, but yeah, it, I thought it was nice. There's a little kind of background panel where. Um, you see Kara resting her forehead against yes. Laura's forehead, and then she and then she takes her into her lap and just kind of holds her for a little bit. And I thought that was really nice before we kind of get back to the action um, that's happening in, on Earth and and Jeremiah talking to uh, Chase and and that sort of thing. But so I I, li- I did like the resolution of it. I mean, it was bittersweet for sure. It was it made, did make me sad because I was like, Carl lost her mom again. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, I mean, she I mean she knows. I think she knows deep down. She was like, that wasn't my mom, yeah. really. You know, because everything everything that she was doing was tainted by the whole the Sunstone. You know, pers- she said my father influenced the Sunstone's personality record. It was his vision of her. So. Mm. That's, you know, Zorel's uh, vision of Alora is definitely not going to be the same as Alora herself, because obviously our perception of, of a person is is going to be entirely different than the person actually is. But I thought it was I also thought it was nice that she, you know, it was 
bittersweet in the sense that she kind of got to say goodbye for real because you think about the fact that she was sent to earth when she was so little and probably had a goodbye, but you know, you get a second one where you're a little more grown up and can kind of, you know, officially put that part of your past behind you and then move on to saving the world. Yeah. Just I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that (laughs) next issue because it literally ends with, payback time and i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think supergirl's gonna gonna, gonna throw a uh, throw down in the next issue but uh yeah i would agree i think that just because her mother was a cyborg cyborg doesn't mean it's not hard to say good say goodbye to her or to mourn her in another way so yeah i that um that image you're talking about on page 19 that was one of my favorite bits of the art in this issue um i I really did think that was nice um was there anything else about the art in in this one that you uh that particularly stood out to you um i liked the little um kind of the early like i guess they're like it's like kind of a through line of um Kara being able to sense Eliza's heartbeat and realizing that it was slowing down. And then you see the little panels where it's, it looks like, you know, it's like a machine. Uh, I don't know what you would call that, but it's like, it looks like, you know, the kind of thing you see in the hospital where mm-hmm. they're monitoring your heartbeat and you see the little, the squiggly lines. I thought that was kind of, that was kind of cool. And also the part where she busts out at the end, what page is it? Uh, 18. Yeah, that's a where she literally just busts out the mm-hmm. whole thing, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really strong image." Or the part where she smirks like right before she does it. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> the little like she's like, "Well, if I can do this," and she's and she kind of gives a little half smile. Um, well, because the whole and- issue, she's trying to escape. She's trying to get out of those bonds, and she can't do it un- until uh, not Jarrell until. Zorel is is out of there until he's completed his work and uh and and he's got what he needed then she can break free so here she's able to break free on her own and I think that made mm-hmm. her really happy yeah um what else oh and the part where we see the close-up of the cyborg Alora's eyes and you mm. see the last panel like it zooms in closer and closer on her face and the last one you see the shift in her expression when Kara finally gets through to her. And I thought that was really well done. Even the detail in her eyes, like her eyes are red, but then when you get closer, you see the irises. And I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. Especially because cyborgs, you wouldn't think would have had much emotion, but, Mm -hmm. but this one did. Allura did. She had, there was something in her that was making her feel what Kara was telling her. Um, yeah, so I, I like that as well. Um, the only thing about the art um, that I'm just like, what is this? Is <laughs> that author of the issue, Eliza's right hand is like not there. Huh. Is that just me or does she not have a right hand? Oh, yeah, you're right. Why doesn't she have a hand? Because I'm like... It, did I miss something? Is there an issue that I have not read where her, her hand gets chopped off snapper car style? I don't know. Oh, you're right. She totally is. is. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so lost. Oh, my lost. gosh. Um, I mean, I know, I know we joke about snapper cars robot hands. 
No, that's but, like legit though. She doesn't yeah. have a she doesn't have a hand on her right side. I think it's her right hand. Missing. So, okay. So I'm, you, like, scrolling through this comic now going, oh, my gosh, there's no hand there. There's no hand there. There's no hand. So it's it's not just me that sees that, right? Like, I, I, just, no. want, I just want someone else no, to no, no, validate no. me, like, not understanding why she doesn't have did a right she hand. Lo- did she somehow lose it in the last issue? Like, I don't. I don't. I, don't th- I mean, maybe if she did, I didn't notice it. It wasn't part of the story. They didn't draw attention to it, at least. But then it's weird because it's like, yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't I'm know. Like, I'm like flipping through this whole comic. I'm like, where? She doesn't have a hand there. Doesn't have a hand there. It's. That's, it's and if it's it and not. if it's a mistake, that's a pretty blatant mistake. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a. That's an artist error. Yeah. That's got to be. That's got to be something that happened before, and we just missed. All it. right. So we're gonna have to go back. We're gonna through have to go and just see if we missed something about Eliza Danvers. Please hold. It. We're gonna go back and see. <laughs> gonna go back three issues oh to see if we gosh. missed something. I feel like it might have happened in the last issue. Then it couldn't have. I I don't remember anything. We would Morgan and I especially Morgan would remember if. Eliza Danvers got her hand chopped off. I'm like pulling this issue up now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel like we would we would notice that. Um, just I'm because like, I me... think I think we would point out the snapper car parallels. Uh, so I don't know I don't know why that is, but I'm continually I'm I'm struggling a little. Like the art is really pretty, but for some of the issues and some of the action and character stuff, I'm like, I don't understand what is happening. So some of this is not very clear and I'm very confused. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the last issue right now and I'm like, there's no, literally it's Alora holding Eliza, like her, her body, her unconscious body. And you don't, you only see one arm. Actually, no, it's missing. It's her hands missing in that one too. What? You just can't. If you zoom in on the panel where Alora's holding Eliza's unconscious body, her hands missing from that too. Okay. All right. So I think it happened off screen. All right. There is a mystery of Eliza Danvers' missing hand that we oh, need to solve. Gravity. I'm like looking. Okay, she's okay. She's holding her helmet, coming on the planet, and there's no there's no hand in that panel too. <laughs> I'm like, it's driving me nuts. What's happening? <laughs> so, what what issue are you looking at right now? Uh, uh, issue three. I'm looking at the one right before this. I think I think I went back to two to see if she was in. Because she comes, she comes in, and you see, uh, look at this place. Blah blah. It's just, the building's retrofitted and she has no she has no right hand. So she, <laughs> she has she been missing her right hand for like three issues? I swear the comic has not addressed this. <laughs> I don't remember it being a thing in the story. Okay, so she's missing a hand in issue three. Okay. <laughs> That's been confirmed. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is terrible. So I don't think I see anything in issue two. Let me just double check, see if there's anything that comes up. Um okay, look in, look in, look in. Cat Grant, look in. Kara. 
No. I don't see anything. That's the weirdest thing ever. There's literally nothing. <laughs> there's no explanation. There's, <laughs> there's no explanation understand. for this. Okay, alright. So I'm not the only one confused. Okay. I feel good about this. But it's weird, you're right. It's weird that it would be like that in another issue. It in was other like it panels. In, it's in the last yeah, the issue before that, she's missing her hand when she shows up on Argo City. Because there's a panel where she's looking around at the infrastructure and she's and she's holding her helmet in one hand and the other hand is gone. <laughs> and then in the panel where Cyborg Allura is holding her unconscious body, you can see if you if you zoom in on the panel, you can see her arm dangling down and there's no hand. <laughs> like it ends on like a little yellow stump and I don't know what's happening. I don't either. Has she never had a hand? I'm questioning everything. (laughs) Maybe in in Rebirth, maybe that's Eliza Danvers' thing. Maybe she doesn't have a hand. I don't know. Um, But I think think we need more information here. (laughs) I don't think we can come to a conclusion about what's going on. (laughs) Maybe this is a special story. Maybe there's there's a, a backstory. Supergirl Radio Rebirth number four. What is happening? <laughs> what is going on with Eliza's hand? Uh, and it is her right. Gracious. I think it's very consistently her right hand. Yeah, it's her right hand. Yeah, I've been I've been looking just to check. Okay. And it's the same hand, which then I'm like, is she missing it? Or is it like an extension of her suit? I don't know. People need to help us. <laughs> maybe, maybe, to- maybe all the answers are coming in issue number five. Maybe that's that's true. We could get like a missing a deleted scene or something. Yes. It's just so odd that it would be two issues in a row and never addressed directly. That's just the strangest thing to me. It and is, now it's going to bug me. It Thanks. Is very, <laughs> well, you know, I hate to ruin it to you, but somebody had to point out a hand missing. I know. Uh, it's pretty it's a pretty it's, big deal actually. And I'm is, honestly surprised I didn't catch it, but I'm not sometimes I'm not as good at, at catching those things. So Well, you know, I feel like Supergirl Radio is very sensitive to characters with their hands chopped off. So, <laughs> so I think that's something we need to uh keep a tally on and uh keep following to see what happens. Um so I guess we can wrap it up by is there anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> with this with this issue, I know that was a big deal uh, to talk about Eliza's hand. But um, are there any other things you want to mention? And did you like this issue? I did like the issue. I think for me, what worked the best was the Cara Alora storyline. The only thing I think was kind of uh, like not my favorite part about it was that it's taking so long to get to the whole like invasion storyline part, like the actual invasion part of Zorl's plot um because let's put it this way i like i wasn't here when you guys were reviewing the other stuff (laughs) and i remember and i was like oh yeah i wonder what happened like how much i have to catch up on and i forgot that i hadn't technically read three and i started on four and i was like oh i haven't missed that much like it's fine and then i realized i had skipped a whole issue which just goes to show you (laughs) (laughs) like just goes to show you the pacing of this storyline is uh, it feels a little slower to me and i think that's maybe that's partly because i've been spoiled by uh, some other comics that tend to kind of ramp things up sooner yeah 
but also, uh, I'm curious, do you know how many issues total Rebirth is getting? I actually don't know. Okay, because I'm wondering if it has something to do with the story that they're trying to tell over a certain number of issues. And some comics, if they have less issues, they try to fit more in. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, I'm sure it's a storytelling thing. Um, so, I mean, that's my only kind of quibble, is that it seems like... It seems like it was a lot of Zorel just like posturing and like you know the, the 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 classic trope of the villain like telling you his entire pl- his entire plan before <laughs> he actually executes his plan, which is one of those things that completely bothers me because it, it would make it's a completely nonsensical thing. Like, why would you tell the hero your you wouldn't entire plan before you actually execute your plan (laughs) and thereby giving them time to escape you know yeah 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 (laughs) um so that's the only thing but i think for me the strongest part was the cara alora eliza stuff i would agree that rebirth feels like it's really been taking its time and that's probably very purposeful um but i did think i what i kind of liked about the way this issue was paced was it in some parts, it felt very frantic. Like when we we'd cut back and forth between Argo and National City, like you know we'd get uh, some Cyborg Alora Supergirl stuff, and then it would go to or even Cyborg Superman stuff, and then it would go to Jeremiah Danvers, like on the phone with Camera Chase, like oh my god, they're Kryptonians coming right. down. So yeah. uh, so some of that I really liked because I felt like you know things were happening, like I felt like I was in it. Um, but I would agree that some of the story of the fact that there is an invasion happening. Like I've seen this in a lot of Superman, Supergirl stuff. Like we even saw it on the show. (laughs) There were Kryptonians invading. Um, So I've kind of seen this story before. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's what, for me, I am more interested in other aspects of rebirth. Like Mm -hmm. the whole like Ben Rubel thing it just kind of gets thrown in there, but the stuff that's in there, I'm like, I want to know what's going on there because right. he keeps having these conversations with his mother and it doesn't sound like they have a good relationship. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get there are Kryptonians or cyborg Kryptonians like invading earth, but what's going on with Ben Rubel and his mom? Like, I want to know that story. Cause that I'm very, I'm very interested in that. And, um, we got a little cat grant and we found out that she has a panic room in her office. And I don't know if it's because she's the enemy of Lois Lane that she feels like she needs a panic room. Oh my gosh. That was one of the best throwaway lines yes. in the whole thing. She has a panic room cause she's the sworn enemy of Lois Lane. Yeah. So I was like, I want to know more about that. And they mentioned that Lauren character that we liked yeah. at the very, very beginning of Rebirth, who is not the hot in. Kryptonian yeah, werewolf. Yeah, the hot, the hot, the, yes, the hot werewolf. <laughs> and he has not popped up since, and they name-dropped him in this issue, and I'm like, oh, is he going to come back into play? Is the, Are they going to release the werewolf onto the side right. of people? Yeah, because they were... That could be interesting. The, wasn't the DEO concerned about keeping him secure? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah he might get out. So I, I could I could be into that. But it's like <laughs> it's like everything else other than the invasion thing. I'm like, oh, now that other stuff I'm I'm into. I, I want to know more about that. So I'm I'm struggling to kind of like I know what they want me to focus on, but I'm focused on some other things. Um, so my whole thing with that is like I feel like with comics you have to be very purposeful about what you include because you have such a limited amount of space to tell your story. Yeah. 
So anything that they put in might seem arbitrary or like a side plot, but I feel like it's going to come back in a big way. Yeah, so, that's I mean, what I'm it's it's good to pay attention to it because if anything, it might not be the main plot now, but I'm sure all that stuff's going to come into play at some point. Yeah, and they did put some things in here that I was like, this is not going to come back into play, but I'm very glad that it was in here because um, Cat Grant talks about the Daily Star and George Taylor. And I don't know, Carly, if you know about the Daily Star and George Taylor, um, but they are like the predecessors to uh, the Daily Planet and Perry White. Okay. Um, the Daily Star was actually sort of introduced. I don't think it had a name in Action Comics number one, but it was the first appearance was in Action Comics number one, 1938. George Taylor first appeared in uh, that same issue. And so they were kind of like where Clark and Lois worked. Uh, and and uh, George Taylor was the editor instead of Perry White. So they eventually, okay. when DC Comics created the multiverse, they moved the Daily Star and George Taylor over to Earth too. So I was like, mm. "Wow, we got some we got some Daily Star references up in here." So I, I thought that that was really fun. Just as a fan, I appreciated that, and I was like, "Oh, the Daily Star is technologically progressive in mm-hmm. uh, in this story. They're you know, they're launching a streaming service," and I was like, "Wow, the golden age of." Metropolis is really uh, pulling it together. They're they're moving forward. I, I was very impressed with that. They're evolving, right? They're evolving yeah. with the times. Yeah, they're 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 keeping up. So, um, uh, the only other thing I want to mention is the Kryptonese, because I got to keep pointing it out, and um, we have some listener feedback on this as well. Um, but so, Cyborg Superman is still on page six, still speaking some wonky Kryptonese. Um, he does say, "I need help," but it's like help dash u d and then u dash x u which makes no sense and then page 13 i thought it was really funny because cyborg Alora mentions um she references eliza and jeremiah's quote pathetic attempts to speak kryptonian um and so i i just thought it was funny uh that cyborg Alora was making fun of their ability to speak kryptonian when i was like well cyborg superman's not speaking it well either so <laughs> y'all all don't do it right. Uh, so I just, I thought that was really funny, but I, you know, for the most part, I liked this issue, but um, I, I was more interested in some of those side things. And so I'm hoping that those, those things come back into play in a big way. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number four. But like I mentioned, we have an email from a listener named Kate who shares her thoughts about <laughs> that junked up Kryptonese in the series and Kate writes, quote, whenever we see Kryptonese written, we're looking at the world through Zorel's perspective as a cyborg. The English translation isn't exactly the same as what's written, and that's because what's written still doesn't look as if it makes good sense. If this is the case, then the fact that Cyborg Superman's programming can't spell correctly shows that he's very damaged and unaware of just how badly damaged he is and that he's even more damaged than Kara thinks he is, unquote. So, you know what, Kate? I'm going to go with that. I feel like that's a good explanation or at least a justification of why it's not like I think it should be. <laughs> so maybe maybe his his programming is kind of futzing up a little bit, and that's why it's not as, as accurate as maybe the alphabet is. So I like that, Kate. Thank you for sharing that. I'd buy it. Yeah. 
I buy it too. And if you've already picked up the issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. If you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number four is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And as far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so you can check out all of our uh, Supergirl-related songs on our playlist there. And we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash DC dash fans. And we are also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. We are part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, and classic DC TV shows... Subscribe to our DCTV Podcast Mega Feed and follow at DCTV Podcast on Twitter and like DCTV Podcast on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And if you want to watch videos that I've shot and edited, you can head over to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash DuckMilkProd. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, right now, I am currently writing for Nerdist. Uh, I'm going to be recapping some uh, winter TV soon. Not even winter. What season is it? Spring? <laughs> <laughs> Spring TV, because I'm going to be recapping uh, The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu and also Marvel's Iron Fist. Cool. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, and I have a couple pieces coming out soon on Sci-Fi Wire. So keep your eyes peeled there. Basically Twitter, because I'll be sharing everything to my Twitter page. Well, that's awesome. Well, I look forward to reading those things. Thanks. And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. <laughs>